Frankly, my dear, she does give a damn. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, sweet friend. Today's conversation is one that I've been having a lot lately over in my Instagram DMs with y'all. And it's a question that I get asked year after year in a myriad of different contexts. And it's along the lines of, I want to do fill in the blank, but I don't. How do I get motivated? How do I stay focused? Why do I say that I want to do this thing, but I let my friends take up all of my time and I don't set boundaries? Or this is the third year that I've said I wanted to do this, or I just never make time for it, or whatever it is. Can you relate? Because I think All of us have those things, whether they are in our personal life, our professional life, they can look so many different ways. Wanting to lose weight, wanting to get organized in our home, wanting to write a book or launch a business or start dating again or talk to your family more often. I mean, they can be really big life-changing or they can even just be those small little niggly, nagging thoughts that we have that kind of repeat with... I should, I could, I really need to, why don't I? And there's one answer that I've given for years. And this year, as I've been having this conversation, I came up with a second question or answer. And then providentially, just this morning, I happened to click through something on Instagram and had a third thought as I was preparing to share on this topic, had a third one. So I'm really excited to talk about this today. The first thing I've said for years Question number one to to ask yourself, I think the reason is that our vision isn't compelling enough. When you have something that you are trying to change in your life, there is in essence a valley in between where you are now and where you want to be. There's a mini Grand Canyon. It is going to get harder before it gets better and easier on the other side because it requires change. It requires us to do something different. And if it was so easy and obvious to do it, we would already have done it. And there is a sense that it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Whatever we're in right now, even if we are uncomfortable, unhappy, unsatisfied in some way, we're also used to it. Wherever we are, let's say, that ledge that we're standing on over our mini Grand Canyon, you know, we're at a five. And what we see on the other side is an eight. And we know we would be happier if we got there. But where we are right now with the five, I mean, we've been here for a long time. So we're also kind of used to it. If we were that miserable, if we were a one or a two, we would have done something to already change it. So in order to get to that other side, knowing It's going to get worse. We're going to go into that canyon. We're going to get to a three or a two or a one. The only reason we would do that, because we're not masochistic, we don't want to make ourselves miserable, Uh, we don't want to inflict pain and and hard work upon ourselves. So the only reason we would do that is because it is so clear that it is worth it on the other side, that that vision is compelling enough. But most of the things we say we want to do 
We do have a, com- a a vision for them. We know why it would make a difference. We know why we think it would be better. That's why we came up with it in the first place. It's why we keep saying that it's a goal and it's bothering us that we aren't do it, doing it or we've said it for so many years. So we have enough of a clear vision. But how do we stay so focused on that vision? How do we make it even more clear, even more compelling. And I struggle with this myself, with uh, writing a book, for example. It can become something that I've said I wanted to do for years. I've started and stopped over the years. And I can say to myself, why am I letting other priorities and projects get ahead of this? It, I, I do know the reasons why I want to write this. But there is a real difference between being like, you know, a level eight and a half clear every single day versus a level 10 clear every single day or getting that clear vision once a month when you really sit down and think about it versus it being there every single day. So I think the way that we move forward in this is journaling. It's self-coaching. It's noticing our inner thoughts. It's having that continual conversation with yourself. The more we make that one thing the constant focus and we notice when we're having negative thoughts about it, shaming thoughts about it versus positive, uplifting, encouraging, I think it is that tiny difference because most of us are thinking, I really desperately do though want to lose weight or want to quit smoking or want to whatever it is, want to start a business, I I am so unhappy now. I do see that vision. So what's wrong with me? And we beat ourselves up with, I must not be motivated enough. I must not be hardworking enough. I must not be hustling enough. And we make it heavier. We blame and shame ourselves for not going through that canyon. I think having that compelling vision is about joy. It's about excitement. It's about possibility. And therefore, it's really noticing, am I catching the thought that says, oh, what if I start writing this book and it's really hard? What if I get stuck? What if I don't know what to say? What if people don't like it? All those little parts, they they chip away at the compelling vision. They whisper, it's not going to be that good on the other side. It's, eh, you know, the journey is going to be really hard. You're probably going to fail along the way anyways. And the more that we say, Look how beautiful that vision is. Look how amazing that is. I'm going to journal about it every day. I'm going to talk about it every day. I'm going to war with my little, you know, uh, demons inside that want to whisper those things. I'm going to focus on the clear, compelling vision. But the second question or consideration that I've started adding to this is, what if our vision isn't the right one? Maybe... It's actually not worth the journey through the mini canyon. You know, is the summit on the other side actually that much higher? If you feel like you're at a five right now in your business, are we really confident that that other career that you're going to switch into is definitely a nine? Or might it be a six? You know, it's kind of close. It's a little better, but it's kind of close. And therefore, the journey through it isn't really right. So for some of us, I wouldn't say for some of us as people, but for some of the things we say we want is the reason we haven't gotten to them because it actually isn't worth the amount of work, which is not about you not being a hard enough worker, which is not about you not having enough willpower, muscle, and motivation. 
it's just not a win to chase something that isn't really going to bring you joy. To put in all the hard work to get there and really have it not make a difference, that isn't a win. That isn't something to be proud of, the fact that we foraged through that. So it's it's not failure to realize maybe the reason I haven't changed this thing is because it's not worth the work. It's not life-changing enough. It would make me a little happier to lose 10 pounds or make 10,000 more dollars, but it's not going to change everything. The studies say it's not going to change everything. So maybe I should release the idea that I'm going, you know, that that I am a failure for not going through this canyon and say, you know what, I think it tells me that I haven't done this yet and that I've I've said this for years and I've never done it. I think it tells me that the journey of the canyon is more work than the result on the other side. And actually, I am happier and more peaceful right where I'm at. And that's come up for me because I've been talking a lot to people about those ones who want to uh, to start a business. They want to launch their first course. They want to put their first offering out there. Any of those things as I was having conversations about my Elegant Excellence Mastermind. And I am just conscious that not everyone is called to entrepreneurship. And it is not necessarily going to make everyone happier. And yet it's something that we see talked about a lot in culture. And I think a lot of those things, like a clean home, less weight, making more money, I mean, these are just all the stories that we hear. So they seem like logical goals that would make us happier. But I think that it can be really empowering to check in. You know, they always say like, don't live your life off of someone else's dreams. And I don't feel like I'm someone who does that. But I also can't, I don't want to discount that there's a lot of subliminal messages in culture that get in there without us really realizing that we think if we got to that Instagram follower account or got that bigger house or whatever it was, that then we would be happier. But maybe our vision isn't the right one. You may have heard me give this example before that when I was a uh, theater major in college, they always say, if there's anything else you can do with your life, instead of being an actor, go and do that. And it makes you want to bop someone in the mouth. Like, stop telling me that I don't want to do this with my life. I'm here getting this degree. But after I became an actor, I realized that the, what they're really saying is if, if there is, or if there are two summits and one is going to be an 8.5 in your life and one is going to be a nine, but to get to the nine, it is a sheer cliff that you are going to have to claw your way up. And the 8.5 is a nice leisurely do, 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 do path through life. Of course, anyone would take the 8.5 because the exhaustion of having to go up the sheer cliff to get half a point higher in life in terms of, you know, happiness or fulfillment is not going to be worth it. The people who I think chase the huge things in life, why a Michael Phelps becomes an Olympian, why Hillary Rushford moves to New York City to, uh, but to become an actor or starts a business as an entrepreneur having you know, absolutely no background in it. The reason that that people do that is because there is no plan B that is anywhere close. 
If being an Olympian for Michael Phelps is a nine, his next best option was a four. I mean, there just didn't seem like there was anything else that was going to be close because the vision for him was the right one. Uh, the vision for me for the Olympics would not be the right one. That level of training, having it be your entire life, all the, the eating, the sleeping, the, that just sounds exhausting to me. I wouldn't want, that's not the right vision for me. So that's why I've never considered it. And I think there's probably a lot of people that thought at some point, oh, I want to be an Olympian. And then ultimately have realized along the way, actually, this is not the lifestyle that I want. So I think for us to realize that we have a vision that is not the one that is actually going to be worth the work and make us happier is such a win and so, can many times allow us to release. Here, I've been telling myself, first you've been telling yourself you're just not motivated and hard enough working. Then you talk to Hillary and she's like, no, it's just that your vision isn't compelling enough. You need to focus on this every day. Self-coach yourself. Keep Notice all of your thoughts, all of that stuff. Focus on it even more. And you're doing that, but really, if it's not the right vision for you, that's always going to fall flat. It's always going to be false because your gut knows you're not going to be a level nine happy at that other side. Your gut knows that it's not right. And so instead of we can step A, get really laser in on it. And step B, we can say, actually, some of the things that I'm chasing may not be the right things. And I'm going to give myself permission and celebrate letting those go which is such a different energy than beating myself up for, yeah, I always said I wanted to make a career as a musician, but I just couldn't cut it. As opposed to, you know, I thought for so long that's what I wanted, but then I just thought about what lifestyle that was and the amount of time it took. And I realized I also, I wanted to be a mom and I wanted this and that. And I just decided that all of the risk and all of it, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't going to make me that much happier. Do you hear how that is so different energetically then? I don't know. It was just a lot of work. And I guess I just didn't have the courage. And, you know, then I got pregnant and that kind of derailed it. Like, it's just the subtle energy of whether we feel that we failed ourselves in not getting something or actually we're so emotionally mature and healthy in saying, you know, not every dream I have is going to be the right dream that's worth the work once I learn a little bit more and get down the road. But then the third question or perspective that I thought about this morning is, can we also get in our own way because it's a vision that we don't believe is possible? I happened to stumble upon some IGTV this morning where someone was saying, can you really envision yourself there? Whatever it is that you want to be true. And she, and she said this and she was quoting a book and she didn't say the book. So I don't remember her name, but she didn't remember the book. So I don't, I, I, I'm not trying to plagiarize anyone. But she said, imagination is the womb of faith. Whatever you meditate on, you'll give birth to. I think that's so beautiful. I'm going to say it again. Imagination is the womb of faith. Whatever you meditate on, you'll give birth to. So that echoes that first point of, is our vision compelling enough? Are we meditating on it daily? Are we so clear on what it is? But it also made me think deeper. Do we believe it? Do we really believe that we can be someone who is at peace in our body? 
who can build a successful business, whatever it is that we're trying to do, there is something, they always talk about like the kind of person who runs for president of the United States in America. That's a unique person who truly believes they can get more than 50% of the country to elect them as their leader. I don't believe that. I also don't believe that I'm going to be an Olympian, you know? Um, so there's plenty of things that we know we don't believe. But it just made me wonder how often within that dream is there a hedging of our bets? And how much does that hinder us? And again, I go back you know, when I talk about these topics, I was explaining to my dad, actually, who doesn't understand what I do in the world, obviously, but he has a lot of friends that listen to the You're Welcome podcast, and he still doesn't really understand what it is. And I said to him, Daddy, I think one of the reasons why my teaching resonates is because I, I teach on the things most often that I am still working through. I don't teach on, so here's the big basic 101 steps one through three that I did back in my youth. I'm like, here's what I'm wrestling with right now. And there, therefore, you always know when I'm giving you this advice, I'm not saying people who are smart enough or far enough along or have done enough therapy or any of those things have already figured this out. I'm saying, friend, this is something I think we all keep struggling with, right? And we just need to keep peeling back the layers. So for me, in believing that it's possible, I'm just noticing that I'm in the canyon of writing my book, but I am closer to the start than I am that summit on the other side. And so I was journaling this morning that I can wonder in those fleeting fleeting moments, what if I don't finish it? What if I what if I just what if I go another year and I say that I'm still writing my book? What if, you know, I'm I'm like 80% done with my book proposal. And I know I'm the personality type. There's two personality types. People love to start things and people love to finish things. I'm a starter. A lot of visionaries and creatives are starters. We come up with new ideas and we flesh them out. And a lot of more details people are the finishers. They want to put all the, you know, dot the the I's, cross the T's, put on all the bows. So as a visionary and a creative, I love the starting process. So being 80% done with my book proposal is the like, what if I don't finish it? Or what if I don't finish it well? What if I let myself down? And then there's the shame and failure and guilt and disappointment. But that is a whisper. It's not that I'm sitting on the couch saying to my husband, I don't know if I'm going to finish it. Like, it's just quiet. But those little quiet whispers, I wonder how much do they hinder us if we don't call them out, if we don't just acknowledge I'm saying that I want to do this thing, but 20% of me doesn't believe I ever will or doesn't believe that I ever can. And that also doesn't mean that you just have blanket confidence that you can do anything in the world. When I started out a business, I wasn't thinking, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to be the bomb.com at this. I am so good at marketing and storytelling and branding. I'm going to build a million dollar business. I had none of that confidence. I always say confidence comes through action not thought. We have to do to become more confident. But we also have that little part of our thoughts that is so powerful. So I am going to become more motivated, remain motivated in writing my book, let's say, because I keep focusing every day 
on, or the more often I focus on how compelling the vision is, the easier it will be. The more I focus on that and I notice any of those negative thoughts, the more that I remain confident that this is the right vision because I'm doing that daily work, I'm having that conversation with myself, I'm letting other things go that are not the biggest vision and that are competing with it. And I also am catching any of those little thoughts that whisper, what if I fail? What if this isn't possible? They're going to be there And that doesn't mean that I'm going to fail in and of itself. I don't have to fully shut them down. But the more that I become aware of them, I keep moving forward. I become more confident in the process and my thoughts become cleaner in the process. Ultimately, I think this gives us so much freedom because so often when we think about goal setting and that's inevitably what we think about as we head into this rather man-made construct of January 1 and a fresh new year, I think it gives us freedom because it reminds us, it gives us permission that it is not just about willpower, hustle, and muscle. Changing our lives, making them better, creating our dreams into reality, being the kinds of people that do move their lives forward. It isn't about, I can do hard things if I just hustle and muscle and willpower my way there. That to me sounds exhausting and it's just not how I want to live my life. It doesn't feel elegant excellence to me. I think when you have the right vision and you are deeply compelled by it and you truly believe in it, it is much more feasible. It's not easy. That doesn't mean that you're not still going through the Grand Canyon, but it's easier to move forward, to keep putting one foot in front of the other because you want it so badly. You see it so clearly and you know in that quiet place that the work is going to be worth it. You know, initially I just leapt into starting my business years ago. I talked, I think two episodes ago, I shared my business story. There are times when we do just leap. Oftentimes that leap happens because we don't know how deep the cavern is. We don't know how hard it could be. Uh, Ignorance is very often bliss. And so oftentimes the reason that we also get complicated in this is because we've seen all of our friends go through miscarriages and so we know how hard it could be before we even start to get pregnant. Or we thought it would be easy in the beginning and then we hit infertility or miscarriage and now it feels like it is this heavy thing. So sometimes in life we will just leap and that is the beautiful ignorance is bliss. But there also are times when we leap towards things and we haven't thought through all of the components and as we learn more, we may realize This isn't the right thing. And so I want us to ask ourselves heading into 2021, what if the thing you want, you release? Maybe it would not change your life. Maybe you would not be that much happier in the new year if you start your own business, lose weight, become a professional singer, organize your house, clean out your closet, whatever the things are. Think of how many things we tell ourselves we want to do. To-do list items, projects, what we would do if we had a free week, if only we had more time on the weekends, our home, our body, our brain, experiences, accomplishment, accomplishments. What if some of those things aren't the right ones for us? 
and they aren't the ones that matter most. And instead of beating ourselves up, heading into another year, dragging along these goals that we've maybe dragged from year to year, we let it go. And we take some of that energy to invest more time into the self-coaching, journaling, really clear focus on the number one big thing that we do believe will change our lives, matter most, increase our joy and our peace that we want the most. I think it's a posture of less beating yourself up and more giving yourself the grace to quit and let go of goals, even if you've had them for years, so that we can focus on the ones that really are going to bring us the most joy and we can take that baby step, one foot in front of another, through the cavern to get to those summits. And as always, I am right here on the journey with you of choosing less but better in 2021. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is Christmas jazz music. Putting a Christmas jazz playlist on your Spotify, whatever it is you listen to for your music, it just makes your moment, whatever you are doing, feel classic, classy, chic, chill. I've just been really into it lately. Like pour yourself a cup of uh, a glass of something festive. You know, maybe it's a cocktail. Uh, my mom and I were making some fancy cocktails because my uh, brother-in-law taught, taught my mom how to make uh, something. Or maybe it's just having a cup of tea. That's something that I started doing more um, around my mom and my sister that I just don't think to do at home. You put the Yule Log channel on TV if you don't have an actual fireplace. And just have a conversation, whether that's in person or virtual, you get on Zoom, or color or paint or puzzle, do something off your screen, because when you're listening to music, you can't also be watching something else. And just enjoy that kind of classic slowness moment. We talked in the Instagram episode recently about how I'm just challenging myself to spend more time off my screen and to think of what that could be. And I realized for myself, one reason I don't listen to music a lot, and I know I'm kind of weird, most people do. I don't listen to music a lot. I don't have that commute in the car. And for me, I usually am listening to something that feels more edifying, like a podcast, as you are right now in your ears. And I love a podcast, but I'm looking for those moments when I can just chill a little bit more and something about the Christmas jazz kind of gets me in that mood of, I can't go out to a cocktail bar this holiday season and get dressed up and be out there. So how can I kind of bring that same relaxed moment? If Jeremy and I were to go out to a cocktail bar, how can we bring that into our home? What are the kinds of things that don't make us want to then pick up our phone in the midst of that? We're having a conversation, we're being intentional, You know, we've, we've kind of set the setting and we've said, Let's not pick up our phones for the next hour. Other than this music that we're listening to, let's just be present. Let's look at the sunset. Let's have a cocktail. Let's hop on Zoom with some friends. And just know that I am thinking of you, whatever your holiday story is. I know that so many people are not able to travel this year. You're not able to be with loved ones. You're not able to gather. There are so many restrictions all over the world based on where uh, where you live or maybe just the choices that you've made for your own family. I know that I personally am dreaming about 
amazing plans we have for our family in the next year or two. We were supposed to have a really special holiday trip this year pre-pandemic that didn't happen. And so I am doing a lot of dreaming about the next two years and being very grateful for this moment and the health of all of our family and friends. But I also know that it is not the traditional holiday in a lot of ways that we wanted and that so many wanted. So know that if you two are not living out your uh, magical holiday dream this year, you can join me in dreaming of Christmases to come. I will see you right back here next week. And in the meantime, over on Instagram and especially Instagram stories with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.